0: Welcome back to The Hardcore Therapist, where we explore topics related to mental health and personal growth. I'm your host, Sarah, and today we have an important discussion ahead. We want to emphasize right from the start that the podcast episode does not replace the need for professional therapy. It is crucial to acknowledge that while self-help and self-improvement tools can be valuable, they are not a substitute for therapy when needed. Hey, everyone, and welcome to my short. So I have had the most interesting week where people have been asking me questions about learning disabilities and self-esteem and um, dyslexia and and all of these things that I just I know I know a lot about. So um, I want to tell you that some of this is going to be my personal story because I do have dyslexia and um, I want to talk a little bit about that. I also have been in education or I was in education, I'm not anymore, but I was in education for about 27 years, 20 K through 12 and seven university level. Um, and obviously, you know, I'm a therapist now. So so it comes from a um, a kind of a, a wider net, if you will. So besides the fact that I have um, learning disabilities, um, you know, there's people in my family and life and stuff as well. But I think it's important to kind of explain my story and, and where um i came from and then i'm going to get into the question so um i have dyslexia and um i was told i had something also called the topic sensitivity syndrome and uh you know i got diagnosed really late in high school i was a senior in high school i was a senior in high school with a third grade reading level so i just want to put that out there um a lot of times teachers would say things like um she talks too much. She's, which is hilarious because I'm sitting here talking. Um, she talks too much. She uh, doesn't try hard enough. She's lazy. She's, uh, so much smarter than, you know, what the work that she does. And, um, you know, I'll be honest, a lot of the time, um, what would happen was if I tried, I got a D and if I didn't try, I got a D. So why would I try? I mean, like, I, I think that was smarter, um, for me at least and, um, in school. And so, What happened was I heard someone talking about dyslexia, um, giving a speech and my school and I was like, Oh my God, some of that stuff sounds like me. And there were some definite warning signs that people um, did not know about in the eighties, but um, yeah. So like I had a lot of fine motor issues, um, horrible handwriting. I couldn't spell. Um, I would leave the room to go to the bathroom when it was my turn to read because I couldn't read out loud in front of people. I was in like the lowest reading group. Um, Yeah, I could name, oh, I would practice paragraphs. Like I would count the people and practice my paragraph and wouldn't listen to what anyone else was saying. So I could at least like stumble through it somewhat. And, you know, that was kind of like, that's just a a short little brush over of my, um, what was going on for me educationally. Um, in eighth grade, just so you know, like I was voted least likely to succeed because I, um, people thought I was dumb. So, um, I kind of like leaned into being dumb and I just didn't do well in school. So after hearing this speech about dyslexia, I, um, decided to call it's called, it was called Michigan Dyslexia Institute. And I decided to call them and, uh, find out how much it costs to get testing like on my own. I didn't really ask my parents or anything. And so I found out it was $300 and uh, I set up testing for myself. And then I told my parents, um, and I don't know how super comfortable they were, but they, you know, finally went along with it. Um, I also had some testing done at school because I had in 11th grade, I had a teacher who, his name, who's like the best teacher, Mr. Whitlock, um, out there. He, um, he noticed, like I was in one of his marketing classes and he noticed I knew information. And when I got the test, I would like just bomb them. So he, you know, he helped and I started getting some, um, I had some testing done at school. So there, you know, there was some stuff that was starting to get done. So I went and had this testing done, found out I was on a third, third grade reading level, talked a lot about like what scotopic sensitivity is. I had a lot of issues with you know, just having really sensitive eyes. Like I get headaches a lot. Um, You know, it's a stigmatism. Most people know, you know, like I have stigmatism. So like I would always see starburst even sometimes with my glasses on. So yeah, so I kind of like went through, oh, starburst with lights at night. I totally wasn't explaining that well. So that's kind of was like my thing. And I will tell you, um, you would never have known I had kind of a lower self-esteem. I was pretty uh, I don't want to say out there, but I was like, I talked to everyone. Everyone was my friend. I was kind of like, I would use to, I used to re- 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 call myself like the, uh, happiest anger girl you'd ever meet. Like there was real truth to that. Um, so no one ever really knew, but I really was, was struggling. Um, you know, cause I just thought everyone thought I was dumb. And, um, interestingly enough, I had a conversation, uh, with Joe Clements, who will be on my podcast, uh, Friday. And he was like, I was really impressed with all your degrees and everything. And I'm like, I did that because I I felt like I had to prove myself. And so that was part of like the steam stuff was like, just trying to figure out like, how could I prove to people I wasn't dumb? So I thought, well, like getting a ton of degrees is going to tell people I'm not dumb being a teacher. So I could be there for kids. So they didn't feel how I felt, um, Maybe people wouldn't think I was dumb, but like, I still had this really negative internal dialogue going on, um, where I was just angry and sad and kind of, yeah, just angry. I know, really, it was anger. I was like, so angry and sad. I was going to say depressed. I was totally not depressed. I'm, uh, you know, n- I'm not just not a depressed person, but I was just angry a lot. And I, I just always felt like I had to prove my worth, By showing how smart I was because I had so long had people just assume that I was not bright. So um, I always had to be like the best in my class when I was in college and and um, graduate school and and all my graduate programs I've been in. I remember I had, uh, I got a, I got a B plus on a test. And I was like hysterical crying to my husband. He was not my husband at the time. I don't know how he still married me after that. And he was like, what, why are you crying? You got to be, and I'm like, you don't understand. I Like all these things are going on. And I just could not get around the idea that I wasn't being perfect, that I wasn't perfect. And I was really struggling with that. And so, you know, I've definitely done some work on that and realizing that, that, that is, you know, was part of part of me feeling like I was enough was constantly trying to, to do more and, and, you know, get more degrees and feel legitimized by having these letters behind my name. So, you know, the question that came up and that's just a little bit If people want to know more, please ask me. But, um, the the question that came up for me was like, what do you do with either a partner Actually, I had two questions. One was, what do you do with a partner who has struggled with ADHD, learning disabilities, dyslexia, anything like that? And like how to let them know they are enough? And then the other one was like, how do you help kids not have a low self-esteem from having a learning disability or learning a learning difference is I think what they're calling it now in schools. Um, So. Being empathetic. Honestly, and, and letting people know that they are loved for exactly who they are is, is one of the most important things and letting the people, both, I think kids and adults, letting people know that they don't get their worth from a grade, their worth from being the best, the worth, their worth from anything that in their achievements, their worth is because of who they are and you love them for who they are. And I think that's important. I do think it's important though, to educate yourselves and kind of know what the challenges are, um, understanding the condition. It's hilarious that as soon as someone asked me that question, I felt super targeted by TikTok and I have all this, like all these signs to know if you're dyslexic on, on my TikTok. I don't know if other people got that, but it totally happened to me. And, um, there was like this woman who had like 95 symptoms of, of dyslexia. If you have three, you might want to get tested. And i I had seventy eight at least. I I, I kind of lost count. I was counting on my hands. It was kind of nuts. But yeah. So educate yourself. And and I don't think that that do not educate yourself on TikTok. I mean, there might be some good information on TikTok, but like really, like take some time. Um, Michigan has like a great uh, Michigan um, Dyslexia Institute. It's great. It's great for parents. It's great for kids. It's great Great for adults just to learn more about dyslexia and have a better understanding about that. Um, let people know about their strengths and talents that they have that are not, um, not about their learning difference. So like the most creative people I know, and I know like people have probably heard this, but seriously, the most creative people I know have had learning differences, including ADHD, um, because it is a learning difference. And, you know, let them show their unique skills and abilities and let them lead in the way that works for them. Um, Give them good positive feedback about different kinds of things um, that happen and recognize hard work. You know, I, I think that that was a thing. And, you know, I'm not faulting my parents, but I'm just using this as an example. I don't know if they knew how hard I worked sometimes when I was in high school and I was still getting D's. Be aware, be aware of it and, and, you know, help that person become an advocate for themselves. And I think that that was one of the things I'm grateful for that probably I got that from my parents is like the self, um, advocacy, like having that ability to let people know. So asking for help, um, letting people understand their strengths and challenges and empowering them to communicate. Otherwise, you know, it's difficult, um, giving them practical support. So one of the things that if you have a kid or you have a spouse or a partner who struggles with a learning difference, oftentimes they're very disorganized and have a difficult time breaking down complex information for myself included, help them out. Like again, leading to their strength, like again, with Don and I, with my husband, um, I love to cook. I'm super creative when I cook, at least I think I am. He likes my food, so we're good, but um, he is way more organized and task oriented and um, linear, I guess, is the best way. I'm kind of all over the place. So it's super helpful. And, and you know, but it's also been helpful for me. I have very specific um, organizing tools that help me out a lot so that I'm able to break down the like more difficult information um just make sure you're supportive i know that seems silly but it's true like people who have learning differences and feel different they already need um you know to to encourage. you know to have that encouragement to have a growth mindset so i've really found that meditation has helped me a lot with that so and something connecting with support groups. So I, I mentioned the one in Michigan. So Michigan Dyslexia Institute, I'm sure there's other ones. I don't have like a whole list. If I, if I, if anyone needs it, please let me know. But like having people connect with similar experiences and talking about different things that have helped them is so great and so helpful. Um, also just like if someone needs extra help um, professionally, like there's people who, completely focus on this. Like I will tell you, um, Mrs. Lansky, that was my tutor, my, um, senior of high school and my freshman year of college. I went to see her three times a week to learn how sounds like, I didn't understand how sounds were made. I know it sounds silly to say that, but like, I remember like having a complete aha moment when like she showed me the word actually, and like the chula noise came out and like how it worked. I was like blown away. So so that's super helpful, but also again, like people like me, mental health providers who have worked with individuals um, who have learning differences is super helpful. Um, There's number, number of them out there. Um, I also think just, you know, reminding them that they're able to be independent and in, and creating different opportunities. So if you have a child allowing them to foster that independence and, Provide opportunities for them to take on responsibilities and make decisions um, is really helpful. And then, you know, obviously in partnerships, I think that that's that's that should be said in all partnerships. But just you know, knowing that everyone is unique and you know people's different level of support is important. So when I work with people, um, you know, I gauge where they're what they need and how much support they need, and I make sure I give it to them and. You know, that's, that's a little, you know, it's a short today. So that's a little bit about growing up with a learning disability and having a lower self esteem, but you know, different ways that I've worked through it. Um, You know, I, again, for me, meditation has been one of the most helpful things. And I really take some time every day and I'm going to, my next episode, actually, someone asked how I use meditation in my um, practice. So I'm going to talk about that in my next episode. But um, meditation really is like it for me, body scanning, um, understanding that thoughts and feelings are different, you know, and kind of having that has been the thing that's most helpful and just being able to ask for help has been something that's, I think is, is great and has really empowered me. So reminding people that they are loved for exactly who they are is important as well and that they are not value based on things that they can do. Your love is not transactional for them. So if you can just remember that, I think it will be helpful. So I'm ending this episode right now. Again, this is a short. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, Thank you to all my listeners. Thank you for all my guests I've had so far. I've had such a fun time doing this. Um my next episode is Joe Clements he's amazing I, I'm obsessed with him right now he's he's so great and then uh Joey Vella will be on after that so those are my next two episodes um and then I will be doing one um, on meditation and how I use it in my practice um if you have questions you know how to get a hold of me is the hardcore therapist on Instagram or the hardcoretherapist.com. And my uh, email is the Therapist at Gmail. Um, just thanks. I appreciate this. I appreciate this platform to talk. And that is it for today. I hope you all enjoyed it. And if you need anything, please reach out to me. I'm more than happy to talk you through. Have a great one.